Hello, Digital Cathedral family. Brace yourselves for an awe-inspiring journey on Don Keithley's podcast. Take a seat, find your comfort, and let's plunge into the heart of the divine. Here's the profound December 17th message titled, God Consciousness Equals Spirit of Life. Good morning, Digital Cathedral family. Glad to have you with me this morning. Thank you for inviting me into your house or your TV room, wherever you're watching this morning. It's so good to be with you. I want to start this morning with one of my favorite verses of Scripture in all of the New Testament. This is one of the verses that really began to, back when I was transforming out of being a mixture teacher of law and grace, this is one of the verses that I discovered and I thought, man, why didn't, why didn't I ever see this verse before? It's in Romans chapter 5 and verse 17. I've got it well memorized. The verse says this, and we're going to kind of use this as a launch launch point this morning to what I want to get into. And I, we're going to get into some, some things that I think will help you on a, on a real practical basis. So stick with me to the end of the teaching today. Romans chapter 5 verse 17 says this, For if by one man's offense, speaking about Adam, first Adam, for if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more. I love that much more. When, when, I, when I read that, when my eyes were open, the scales came off and I saw those tours, much more. It was a clue to me that what I was about to read was more powerful, more relevant, and more apropos to my life than what the first man did. So if, if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more, they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life through the one, Christ Jesus. Now there's an there's a operative word there, and it's receive. That's a, that's a word that has been so hijacked by religion. We have made receive something that we feel we have to do. And if you don't get it, then you didn't know how to receive it, or you had lack of faith or sin in your life, something. We, made, we put receiving, the, the entire onus of receiving on us. It's not. You know what receiving is? Receiving is simply, and this is worth the price of the ticket this morning, receiving is simply an acknowledgement of what the Father has already direct deposited into your life. So if that, if that verse is true, the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, which the word righteousness just simply means right standing, and that comes as a gift. The gift of righteousness, the gift of right standing, the abundance of grace, their gifts, they have been, they have been, I, I love that word direct deposit because for me it speaks volumes that it's just there and now I need to acknowledge it. When my check used to be direct deposit back when I was a pastor, the check was direct deposited into my account every week. I didn't have to receive it. I didn't even have to check it was there. Now it was my choice whether I, whether I drew money on it, whether I uh, used it or not, but it was always there. And so that's the case with the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. It has been deposited into our life. And now what we're learning today, what this generation is learning, what those of us who have been awakened to so many things and been delivered out of religion, what we're discovering now is how to tap into that abundance of grace, and how to live out of that right standing. Now that verse tells me two things. Because it's all Him. It's all based on the finished work of the cross, what Jesus has done for us. That's what, that's what gifted us. So that verse tells me two things. First of all, because it's all Him, He gets all the glory. 
There's nothing there that I can glory in. There's nothing in there that I can say, man, I... My choice, my my decision, wasn't I wise? I mean, I heard God and I just, I, I, I had to receive it and I did. See, that's old religious thinking. What that verse tells me is that the gift of righteousness, the abundance of grace, we reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. He gets all the glory. He did all the work. Second thing I notice is that the last part of that verse, it's not, a, it's not, a, uh, it's not an invitation, it's a proclamation that we will reign in life through the one Christ Jesus. So there is an empowering through that direct deposit of abundance of grace and a gift of righteousness to reign in life, which tells me the second thing, that if I'm going to reign in life, it's all been his doing, then he must have this reservoir, he must have this place that I can draw from that will enable me to reign in life. And we call that the kingdom. The kingdom of God lives within us, and it contains everything that we will need, ever will need, to reign on the planet Earth. He's equipped us through the kingdom to give us everything. Peter said, life and godliness belong to you. Everything that, you, that pertains to it belongs to you already. So I'm looking at this kingdom that is within me. L let me just stop right here. Let me throw a caveat in. I think it's time that we stop praying for the kingdom to come and the will to be done on Earth. That prayer puts you in a mindset that the kingdom is out here somewhere. And I'm waiting for the kingdom to come out of the sky from a sky God drop into, into my life somewhere, my surroundings or something. Jesus said the kingdom, you look here and you look there, you're, you're looking out there for the kingdom. Jesus said the kingdom is within you. So here's my point. Every, every bit of supply that we need, he's already direct deposited into your life. That's what's called the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. And there, there is within that kingdom the ability and the supply to enable you to reign in life. The only part that's left for me to do is say thank you. Thank you. And to enter into rest. The greatest labor that I ever had to do was to enter the rest so that the kingdom could begin to supply the needs that I have. My job was to seek first the kingdom. And as I seek first the kingdom, then he said all these other things are going to be added to you. Now, entering into the rest, this, somebody said it bugs them when I say listen, but it's the way I get your attention. When we say that the kingdom resides within us and we enter it by resting, rest does not mean you don't do anything. Resting means that you listen to what he says to you and then you respond to it. That's, that is the secret. That is one of the biggest secrets you'll ever encounter is that you need, need to rest. And that means that you're going to have to get quiet. That means that you're going to have to, to uh, enter into a place where I like to think of it as neutral gear. I'm not trying to go forward. I'm not trying to go backward. I'm in neutral gear. I'm listening to his voice. I've quieted myself down. And when he begins to speak to me, when I begin to sense, then I respond to that. That's how you eat from the tree of life. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil is a tree of self-determination where you make a decision based on what you think is logic and facts and what your senses feed to you. But the tree of life is not complicated. It's not tough. It's just listening to what he says and then responding to it. So one of the secrets here is that we're going to have to get quiet. We're going to have to rest. We're going to have to listen. 
Now you've, you've learned to do that. Most of you that are here at the Digital Cathedral, you're with me on Wednesday night to Secret Place. You've learned how to do that. You've embraced that on some level through your, through your uh, grasping of the radical pure grace. You had to learn to rest from that and understand that his grace was given to you apart from all of your works, from all of the religious hoops that we were so programmed to jump through to make God pleased with us. So you had to, you had to back off of that. So on, on that level, at least, you have learned to enter into the rest to, to tap the provision that he has for us. I mean, let's face it, you survived the, the thinking on some level, my cuff came unbuttoned. You survived the thinking on, on some level that it was your responsibility by choice or by decision, by something you did uh, to finish what Jesus said from the cross was finished. I, I mean, that, you talk about arrogance. I never saw it that way. You talk about self-righteousness. I never, I never thought of it as self-righteous. But now that I'm, I'm seeing things with an unveiled face, I look back in my life and I would have to say, you know what, I was arrogant. I was self-righteous, thinking that I could do something, that I was good enough within my, myself, apart from him, that I had to do something to be able to merit. There's, there's, a, there's a verse that just totally des destroys that. And it's in Romans chapter 14, verse 7, verse 8, and verse 9. This, this should give you some comfort this morning. This should give you some security. Listen, listen to what Paul said in Romans chapter 14, verse 7. He said, for none of us lives to himself. None of us lives to himself. Man, there goes that free will thing, doesn't it? And no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. I'm going to tell you something. That's, that's, that's about as, as heavy a grace statement as you could ever encounter. He's taken his grace, and I'm going, to, I'm going to talk about that in some context in just a minute. But that great, that ver, those three verses, 7, 8, and 9 of Romans chapter 14, that is such a, that is such a grace-impacting verse that gives me security and trust that whatever I do, whether it's in life or death, I belong to him. So you've done a fair amount of shifting within your life already. Now, I'm going to take it down a couple levels this morning. I, I, just want you, I just want to build off that foundation that you've already done. You've already entered into rest. You stopped your labor. You stopped and you've accepted grace. You've embraced grace apart from your works, right? You, you no longer think that you have to finish the finished work of the cross, thinking that the cross was of no effect without your agreeing. That is arrogant. That is self-righteous. So that, that shifting that you've already encountered is going to help you now to take this next step into an abundant life where you never lived before, but all of a sudden now, you're, you're walking out before the world a grace-filled, loving, inclusive lifestyle that is, that is accepting as a son of God. In other words, you begin to embrace a Christ-conscious life. Now, the Father brought you this far. Can I say this safely? The Father has brought you this far by His grace and by His love. 
So now the Holy Spirit is teaching us. Now that we got that down. We're, we're living by his, his grace. We're not living by, by our faith. We're living by his faith. Remember Galatians 2.20 says, crucified with Christ, the life we live, we no longer live unto ourselves, but we live by the faith of the Son of God. Are you with me? So the Holy Spirit now is teaching us because we're no longer living by our faith. We're no longer living by uh, uh, our merits. The Holy Spirit now is teaching us to move that unlimited supply that is in the kingdom that has been given to us to fulfill Romans 5.17 to reign in life. If, we're not, if, you're, if life is pushing you around, if you feel under the load of life, then I'm going to tell you something. This morning when I'm done, I hope that we can, we can flip that so that you begin to feel that you're reigning in life. So the Holy Spirit now is teaching us how to move out of the kingdom, that which is invisible, into that visible realm that we now can see. Now, let me say, you don't have to create. You're not creating anything. What you're simply doing is, is you're possessing from the kingdom within that is invisible to the visible world that is without, that will meet, meet your needs. That's, I, I call that co-creating. But I'm careful, I, I walk around that gingerly because I don't want you to think that you're a creator. You're a manifester. The Father's done all the creating that's ever going to be done in six days. Now he's still in that seventh day of rest. Paul had some really good insight on that. Let me read a couple of verses from 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Here's, this, is where, this is kind of where we're, we're, we're leaning and we're learning right now. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I want to read verses 7, 8, and 9. Are you ready? I'm sorry, verse 9 and 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9 says this, I has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those that love him. So we're not going to be able to live out of visibility. He's, not, he's saying we don't catch this stuff. That's why the kingdom is so important. The kingdom is within you. It's not coming from someplace. It is within you. And within that kingdom is the supply that the Father has promised you that you can pull from that will enable you to reign in life. So we don't get it by seeing or hearing. It's not entered into the heart. The things that God has prepared, you don't get it that way. Watch verse 10. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. So it's a spirit to spirit connection. It's an invisible to invisible connection. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. So God is searching out deep things today and he's beginning to reveal, he's beginning to unveil them to you. Now what, what, those, what those two verses are doing, eye isn't seen, ear isn't heard, entered into the heart of man, things God prepared for those that love him. But, 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 but he has revealed them to us by his spirit. The spirit today is taking us from knowledge into experience. And those verses, those two verses are telling us how we can move from simple knowledge of what we see, what we hear, what enters our heart, which is not going to unveil, it's not going to bring the revelation we need. But he said it come, comes by the spirit. He's, so he's moving us into experience. So having thoughts about God are, is, is really good. I, I love to, to contemplate and just think about God. I mean, he's, he's a good father. 
One day I sat, I think I've told you, I sat in my office and I drew a line down a paper and I put on one side why he's so good and what religion told me on the other hand, right? It's good to have those thoughts. But there comes a time, and the time is now, that we're going to have to begin to experience when the Holy Spirit reveals to you truth and then you begin to live that truth out, it's experience. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you a word, I'm not, I'm not talking about reading something out of the book. The book's good. I love my Bible. I read it, you know, I read a lot of verses every week. But here's what I'm after. When he speaks, I'm after experience this morning. The way you experience the things of God is when he speaks to you personally about something. And then you act on that. That invokes experience. You experience that word and you're going to see that what he puts within you and you act on never returns void. What he plants within you, you will see the fruition of it if you begin to act on it. Now that, that kind of experience gives you something that's permanent, something you hang your hat on, something that you can build on. As, as you step out and do that sometimes, you say, well, what if, what if I hear wrong and I act wrong? Holy Spirit is so good. He's a GPS. He'll just bring you down, turn you around, bring you back, put you back on course. Fear of missing God has caused more people to not step out on what they feel God is saying. It is a process. There is a growth to this. But what we're doing is we're raising our awareness so that our thoughts now will begin to center on him and when our awareness and our thoughts are acted on it leads us into his ways if i'm after anything this morning it's to move us from the the thoughts that come to us about god about the father how good he is grace righteousness justification all those good things and i'm trying to move us now to where we begin to experience it so we have to we have to begin to put some boots on the ground and begin to act on what we sense within. It all comes back to thought. You never do anything without a thought. And when that thought comes, then you, you develop it, right? You develop it. You say, I'm gonna, my car's not running well. I, I need to buy a new car. So now you begin, that's a thought. Now you, you begin to develop that in your imagination. What kind of car, two-door, four-door, uh, Ford, Chevy, Lexus, whatever, Mercedes, whatever you like, whatever you think that he's, he's moving on you to, to begin to get. And so you, you start raising your awareness now to what he's, he's saying to you. You start thinking his thoughts, and then his thoughts lead you to his ways. And once, once you get that thought established and develop in your imagination, Man, I feel some stuff on what I'm teaching this morning. When that thing gets a, developed in your imagination and, and you've been keenly aware of what he's saying to you and you've developed it, then he will either lead you to that car or he'll bring the car to you. His way, his ways are to supply every need that you have in the, in, in the visible from the invisible. And the way that we start to tap into that is to is to focus in and become aware of him are you are you still with me <clears throat> so we we need to renew our minds to his thoughts romans chapter what is it romans chapter 12 verse 2 
Paul says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, that acceptable, and perfect will of God. There is, do you see good, perfect, acceptable? I think there's some, from my, from my perception, there's some development in that. But when you renew your mind, I, I've probably heard a gazillion messages on renewing your mind. Can I just make it very simple for you this morning? To renew your mind simply is this. It's to exchange your thoughts for his thoughts. His thoughts come to you as you quiet yourself, you've entered rest, you begin to sense within, and, and, and maybe his thought conflicts with your thought. Maybe, he's, maybe his thought is you need to buy a brand new car, and your thought was, I can't afford, I need to get a used car. You don't know what God's got in store for you. So what you need to do, and this is just an example, I'm not trying to get you in debt or anything else, just an example. You need to exchange what you thought for his thought. That's the tree of life thinking. And then respond to it. Respond to it. As grace and love lead us in kingdom living, you're going to be unveiled as a son and as you do, I want, I want us this morning to renew our minds to two things. Here's the, the crux of my message this morning, teaching this morning. Hope I'm resonating. Hope I'm making sense. We need to renew our minds to two things. If we're going to think, become aware of him, think his thoughts, which lead to his ways, our actions correspond with his ways. I, I, want, to, I want you to do two things. I want you to do me a favor and just start practicing these. Renew your mind. Exchange your thoughts for his thoughts. I want you to begin to meditate on two things. Get quiet and meditate. I'm going to give you two things. When you get quiet and you say, I don't know what to think. I don't know what to meditate. Here's two things. All right, number one is this. I want you to live daily mindful of his omnipresence. You know what omnipresent means? It means that he's always there. That there's no place outside of him. Now here, Jesus did that. This, this is the thing that I think separated Jesus from where we've been for 2,000 years. He was always mindful of the Father's presence. He never lived outside the Father's presence. Here's what he said. John chapter 8. John chapter 8. And verse 28 and verse 29. I think those are the two verses I'm looking for here. John chapter 8 and verse 28. Yeah. Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do, I do nothing of myself. But as the Father taught me, I speak these things. Do you see, do you see how Jesus raised His awareness to the Father so that His thoughts were what the Father said to Him? And then He acted, He proceeded that way. Now, I want you to catch this in verse 29. And he who sent me is with me. The Father, these are so important words. This drives my point home. The Father has not left me alone. I've got that underlined in my Bible and I got a big old asterisk by it. That's one of the, the secrets of the life of Jesus is that his awareness said, The Father has never left me alone. That's omnipresence. He was always there. If you don't live in that conscious awareness of his presence, 
it's going to create in your mind at some point a sense of separation. Now, you won't be separated. You cannot be separated from him. How are you going to be separated from omnipresence? You, you can't go. Adam proved that. He, he could run, but he couldn't hide. The presence of God sought him out. When, when, uh, when Paul taught us over in Romans chapter 8 that you cannot escape the presence, that you cannot be outside of it, right? it that's really important. Now, it might seem in our minds sometimes that we're separated. You know why we feel separated? Because we walked outside that, that consciousness, outside that awareness. When you are outside that awareness, it's hard to think his thoughts. And when you're, not, when you're not thinking his thoughts, you can't be led into his ways. You see how the progression is? So one of the most important things I think that you can do in life is to meditate on his omnipresence. Learn to meditate. Learn to, by meditating, you just roll it over and over and over. Think about the fact that he is the only law of your being, right? That there's no power, no presence but him. That there's, no, there's only one mind, the mind of Christ. Just meditate on the fact that he, is, he fills all things and he is your very life. Think about the fact that he is all and in all. There's only one Father who is above all, through all, and absolutely in all. There's only one source. There's only one source. Everything comes from him, through him, and back to him. Romans eleven thirty six says. And as you do that, is you just think about his presence. Sometimes when I'm, I'm driving to the gym in the morning, I just think about the presence of God in the car with me. The presence of God's at the gym with me. Now, as you, as you do that, here's, here's what's going to happen. When you begin to think about his omnipresence and you stay in his awareness, there's a great little book. I think it's available on Amazon. It's written by a man named Brother Lawrence a long time ago. The book, book title is Practicing His Presence. He was a, a Catholic a monk, and what he set out is to be mindful of God's presence 24-7, whether he, was, he had a job in the monastery of, of washing dishes and in the kitchen, and even when he did that, he was aware of God's presence. Now, as you build that up, I'm not saying that every second of every day you're going to be aware of God's presence, but sometimes when you slow down or you kind of hit uh, someplace in, in the daily routine, it'll come to you. He's with me. And as that develops, Here's what you're going to realize. Here's where your thoughts are going to be. Your thoughts are going to be, I'm going to give you four or five little things here. Here's, here's what you're going to begin to understand. That wherever I am, the Father is too. In fact, wherever I'm going, he's already there. You're going to begin to see. And he's going to begin to show you that everything that he has belongs to you. That was the testimony of Jesus. All that the Father has is mine. And I'm taking from what is mine and giving to you. <clears throat> You're going to get to see number three that it's Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And number four, you're going to see that the kingdom is in me now. The presence of God will fuel that and trigger that. The kingdom is within me now. And one of the most profound things that I discovered is I become more aware of his omnipresence and I meditate about it. I think about it. I understand that his spirit and my spirit are one. And what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 20, is reality, man. In that day, you'll know that I'm in the Father, and you're in me, and I'm in you. I don't think you could feel anything stronger than knowing that you are one spirit with the Lord. Talk about no separation. Talk about giving you assurance. 
He joined himself to you, embraced you, all of your mess, all of your darkness, took it to the cross. If one died for all, then all died. I was crucified with Christ. The more that you renew your mind and start filtering those thoughts through a renewed mind where you're, you're exchanging your thoughts for his thoughts, th those thoughts become that you have exchanged for that he has now given you, they become like seeds. Those seeds that are planted into your heart. And as they're planted there, they begin to grow as you're aware of his presence. See, the, the, the word is like a seed that joins itself. It becomes part of you. That word becomes flesh. Jesus was the word made flesh. As he deposits his thoughts and his words and his ways into you, the things that he speaks to you take on, take on your very life, and your life takes on his life. It's like a seed. Do you know that the full potential of an apple tree let me make it bigger. Full potential of an orchard, entire apple orchard, is in one seed. When he drops a thought into you and you exchange your thought for his thought, that seed is planted. You don't know the potential of it. You don't know how big it's going to be, how expansive it's going to be. Meditate on his omnipresence. When a sperm and egg are joined together, there is in that embryo everything that that human being will ever become. All that an apple seed has to do, all that an embryo has to do is just develop, just come through the process, trust the process. All it has to do is mature. That's where the resting comes in. You mature as you rest in him. Everything we are, everything we can ever be, comes what the scripture calls through that incorruptible seed. It's 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. I want to read it because I want to make sure that I, I get it nailed down right for you this morning. This is, this, is imp this is important teaching, man. I'm telling you. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Within that apple seed is the entire orchard. Within that embryo is everything that human being can ever become. That embryo was sent by God. It was breathed into by God. It has God potential. And, and Peter expressed it as having an incorruptible seed. He says as having been born again, not of corruptible, but of incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So we have been born again, not of, not of corruptible seed. You know what corruptible seed is? My grandfather had a, had a farm in Michigan. And one thing he always tried to do was to make the seed that he planted for his corn harvest. It was called hybrid seed. In Michigan, you'd see little signs along the road that would advertise hybrid seed. And that hybrid seed would, would yield my grandfather more bushels of corn per acre than other seed because other seed, some of it would rot, uh, some of it would go in the ground, it wouldn't produce anything. But the, but the hybrid seed, man, that's the seed he was after because the harvest would be great. So he's telling you that you're born again, not of corruptible seed, but the highest hybrid seed that exists in the universe. When his word, his seed enters your being and we renew our minds to its truth. And what we do from that point is we just rest, we trust, and we believe and let the power of God develop it. Let the power of God bring it to its fullest. See, 
that when you have an apple seed, you can't see the tree, you can't see the orchard. Now you can with your imagination. I think that's very important to do. His word will not return void to you. It's going to produce in the visible everything that that, in, that that incorruptible seed that he plants within you, everything that it can bring from the invisible to the, to the visible, everything that you had hoped for is hope, future. Now, now you've got the, the substance and the evidence, the faith. You've got the apple seed. His, his word will produce and accomplish what he sent it to produce. This is, this is why I want you to meditate on his omnipresence. Because the, the fullness of what the Father is and what he has in store and what he gives to us comes to us through that incorruptible seed. That incorruptible seed, the, the word is not, not the Bible. It's the word that he speaks to you and plants within you. All right, so let's, let's be mindful and let's think. Let's dwell this week. Let's set us a habit now, a pattern that we meditate on his omnipresence. Now, here's the th second thing I want you to meditate on. If we're going to reign in life through the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, we're going to have to begin with an awareness of him, right? That's omnipresent, awareness of him. That awareness then will open us up to his thoughts. And once we're aware of his thoughts, we know what action to take, what direction to move in. I'm telling you, meditating on his omnipresence is extremely, extremely important. Here's the second thing I want you to think about, meditate on. I want you to receive God's grace with his measure. Paul said the measure was so big. God's measure, I'm telling you, he doesn't give you a teaspoonful of grace. He gives you, Paul said a couple of amazing things. He said to each one of us has been given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. How big you measure the gift of Christ is going to be how big you perceive the graces that's come to your life. So it's important to, to get a fix. And the way you, you understand how big the measure of the gift of graces that's come to you is you just think about all that Jesus has done. How, how big do you measure that gift? See, some people measure the gift, he only saves me. That's all, all he did was to give me a ticket to heaven. Some people say, well, yeah, you know, maybe I can get healed while I'm here, make it a little bit more comfortable. So you're, you've expanded a little bit. I'm telling you, it's so much more than that. He has given us the gift of grace, the abundance of grace, according to the measure how much measure you put on the gift of Christ. Paul said in another place, he said, I'm going to tell you guys something. You think you understand grace and love of God? He said, it's going to take you the ages to come to fathom the depths, the riches of the grace that God has for you in Christ Jesus. It's a truckload. It's not a teaspoon. It's a truckload. And the, and the bed of that truck has been shaken together, pressed down, and it's running over, and it's going to continue to, to overrun throughout all eternity. So when you meditate on the measure of grace that you have, it's going to expand. And as that expands, that, just, that dovetails into his omnipresence. And I'm going to tell you something. You, you're, going to be, you're going to feel that stuff rise up within you. You know what I'm talking about. That unction to function, that security, that confidence that allows you then to reign in life. Just grasping how big his favor is. 
to bring into the visible from the invisible. It's going to, again, require that you settle down, you be quiet, you, you set yourself uh, in a place where there's no noise. Let, let me be specific. Let me just get right down where we live. Can I do that for a minute? No matter what area of life that you're facing a problem in, a difficulty, you need wisdom, you need knowledge, you need understanding, you need direction, listen to his thoughts. All you're doing in meditating is becoming aware. His omnipresence, the measure of his grace. Be become aware of his thoughts, which is going to lead you to his ways. You're eating from the tree of life now, my friend. His measure of grace will free you from taking thought about tomorrow or today. It'll, it'll, it'll relieve you of, of taking thought for your own life. We just read, what was it, Romans chapter 14, verses 7, 8, and 9, that whether you live, you're the Lord's, whether you die, you're the Lord's. He, he has taken you. You talk about security. He has taken you off of your hands, and he's placed you fully in his hands. Remember that song we sang, he's got the whole world in his hands? He's got you in his hand this morning. You, you're free from, from the cares. Most of us have not come to that level of assurance. And so as a result of that, we stress out. We go to the doctor. He, he says, well, I'm not sure what's going on in there. We need to investigate this further. Immediately we stress. We worry. We get all uptight. We, we worry about our bills, uh, about our health, about relationships. We fear death. All that stuff is going on. Grace brings you into the mind of Christ, which you have. Paul said you have it. See, so much today is, is coming into perception, coming into awareness of what has always been, but we were not aware of it. Nobody taught us. We were trying to achieve, trying to become who we already were trying to get a hold of what we already possess. You know how, we're, you know how we've functioned in the past? Because we haven't, we haven't meditated on uh, God's measure of grace. We haven't meditated on, on omnipresence. So what we have done, and I'm guilty, I've did this for years. I would go to God. I have a need, right? I go to God, and I would tell God what I need. And I would, I would really hone in there. I would pray and I'd tell God how he needs to meet that need and when he needed to do it and exactly what needed to take place. And it was all based on what I thought was good, what I thought was right, what seemed good to me. Problem is, wrong tree. I, was the, I ate at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil for over half a century. Now, I had some, I had some level of fulfillment, some... But it's been nothing like it's been the last 23 years. When I've really tapped into the things that I teach here at the Digital Cathedral. And when the Father brought me out of the building, he had directed me to go online, do exactly what I'm doing. I got some big things that are working. I can't wait to break to you, but they're still in, in the creative process in my imagination. But I think next month I'm going to break out. There, I, I, there's some things going to happen in 2024 that's going to take this tsunami of grace and love and inclusion that's going on around the globe, it's going to take it to another level. And I want you with me when we get there. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. See, what we thought, we, we knew what God needed to do, how he needed to do it, when he needed to do it. I, I read 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 and 11, but I want to go back to 1 Corinthians. I just feel prompted right now that I want to read just a little bit further in there. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I, I think I'm... 
going to pick it up at about, eh, let me just get over here. Let me, let me pick it up at verse 12. It says, now we have received not the spirit of the world. See, the spirit of the world has got us worried, uptight, uh, stressed out. But the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. That's what's going on in my life today in your life. We're just now starting to tap into the things that have been freely given to us by God that I thought I had to merit, I had to earn, I had to be a good boy, I had to be dedicated, I had to be consecrated, I'd be sanctified, all that whole religious mess. No, it's been freely given to you by God. And as you discover it, begin to live into it, life takes on an entirely different dimension and you start living the abundant life that Jesus said belongs to you. It always has belonged to you, but we could never get there because we were doing it in our strength. Verse 13, these things also we speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. He cannot know them because they are spiritually discerned. Now you're not operating as a natural man anymore. See, the natural man doesn't get the instruction because he doesn't have the awareness. He's still trying to make it on his own. He's still giving God instructions. He runs over to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, eats what, it's what's logical, what makes sense, what his senses are telling. Then he runs and he gets down and he tells God, here's what we need to do, here's how it needs to be done, and here's when it needs to be done by. When God is saying, look, I just want you to come and become aware of my presence, how much I love you, how much I care for you. That you're never out of my presence. I want you to understand it, that my, my love envelops you. And as you do that, you're going to become aware of his thoughts. And his thoughts, as you renew your mind to those exchange, then the ways become evident. And it becomes easy for you to follow. It is a progression. Don't, get hard, don't be hard on yourself, whatever you do. This is a development. It is a progression. It's a growth. It's a coming up in our awareness. And nobody can do this for you but you. You have to make the choice. You make the decision to get yourself aware of him, thoughts of him, actions of him, directed by him. Get your mind renewed. It's that omnipresence of God, his abiding, continual presence that you cannot get out of. Nothing shall separate us, Paul said. Nothing shall separate us. The only separation, you were never separate. God never separated himself from you. Paul said in Colossians chapter 1 that we were just separated in our heads. Our thinkers were messed up. That's why we need to exchange our thoughts for his thoughts. We did jacked up things. We did things we knew weren't right, and it made us feel separated, exactly as Adam felt separated. Adam created this God in his mind that was angry, vindictive, judicial, and he needed to run and hide from him, and we've all done the same thing. God's saying, I want you to settle down. I want you to rest. I want you to come into my presence. Let me teach you and show you who I really am. His abiding, continual presence as we move into his full measure of grace. Man, that's a place you want to live. That's the sweet spot of life right there. And when you live there, it gives us boldness to come to the throne of grace, to receive the fullness of the kingdom supply that may be invisible, like that orchard in the tree, but you got the seed, brother. So all we are, are attempting to do here is to move into a place, position ourselves, where we seek first the kingdom of God, we focus on its supply, 
We focus on its provision, and you notice that things begin to flow to you. Things are flowing to me today that I cannot believe. It's blowing my mind, to be honest with you. A God consciousness, if you, if you didn't listen to the entire teaching this morning, God consciousness yields the fruit of the law of the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. That's two trees right there. The law of the spirit of life comes by awareness, thoughts, springing to his action, responding to him. The law of the spirit of life has freed me from the law of sin and death where most of us live forever, worrying, fretting, stressing, trying to get there, never get there. We go to church, they hold the carrot out front. This is five steps to victory. You can get there. And then they have a board behind us whooping us. If you don't get there, it's your fault. <clears throat> you miss God. He's not going to be happy with you. You're not dedicated enough. Let me end with this. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, speaking about Jesus. And verse 10 says, and you are absolutely, fully, 100% complete in him. Do you know why? It's because of the measure of grace and the gift of righteousness that he has freely given to you that will inspire you, motivate you, and bring revelation that you might reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Amen. I think I'm right where I want to be at this time. We're 44 minutes, almost 45 minutes into this. So I hope, hope you grab something. Go back and listen to this. Put it to practice. Practice the meditation of his omnipresence and the measure of the grace that he has given to you and let it expand. Let it grow. Let his thoughts come. Let his thoughts come. And then the actions that you walk out come as a result of his thoughts. Don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And the promise is he will direct your path. Amen? All right. See you next week at the Digital Cathedral. Don't forget Wednesday night. We're taking off the month of uh, December from the secret place. So we'll be back next week to give you another chapter in this. And man, this is such a journey. I, I can't wait to see what 2024 has. I have some inklings. I have some understanding. I can't wait to share with you. But we'll get there when we get there, when the time is right. Thank you for being with me. Again, thank you for inviting me into your home. If you have time, go over to the Now Network. At 11.30 Central, I got a half an hour program on the Now Network. You can get your uh, iPhone mobile app or Android mobile app. Or if you have a Roku television, uh, have the little setup, you can go over to Roku and pick it up there. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for your support, your prayers. Uh, it's a new year, almost. So if you've been thinking about helping us out this new year with television, the expense that we got, got some other things that are coming. Don't give me your rent money, your car payment money, grocery money. But if God's blessed you and you could really do something maybe on a monthly basis next year, it would be fantastic. Those of you that have supported and continue to do, thank you so much. We could not do it without you. It really is true. We're journeying together and it's getting gooder and gooder. Amen. See you next time. Thanks for lending us your ears. Just a quick reminder. Our digital cathedral on YouTube gives subscribers the privilege of a front row seat every week. It's a place where our collective excitement amplifies. If you're ready to give, go to donkeithley.com and click on Donate. Your continuous support propels our growth, and for that, 
We're immensely grateful. Don't forget to hit that follow button and spread the love by sharing this life-giving message with your friends. Have a week filled with blessings and divine encounters. Until next time, stay in grace.